Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to week nine. Thank you for spending part of your Thursday with us. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. What a great day. What a great week, DeMarco. What's what's the great week? What? It is November. Yeah. It is officially Thanksgiving. Halloween is no longer. It's in our rearview mirror. Oh, you're gone crazy. Oh, I see where you, I see where you are now. You're forgetting everything about Dallas. You started the season over. Dallas, I love that. Dallas was pre-Halloween. <laughs> and I have purged Halloween. Okay. And by the way, here's a friendly reminder from your local HOA. The best day to take down your Halloween decorations was yesterday, but today will suffice. Okay, you have ruined my Halloween, by Good. the way. Yeah, you have. You've ruined it. I Like, every time I go by, I see a spooky house, and they got the, like, seven-foot skeletons. I do wonder, what are we doing out here? Why are we doing this? It makes sense, right? now. But I loved Halloween. I thought I did, but now you ruined it for me. But, yeah, you can't forget Dallas, man. We have to go through this. It's Thursday. It happened. Speaking that debacle happened. Bloody, gory, yeah. stomach churning. They got us good. Big time. How do you spell like laid, like for laid an egg? L-A-Y-E-D? No. No? How do you spell laid an egg? Isn't that L-A-I-D? Is it L-A-I-D? Yeah. Or is that lied? Never mind. Packed in education. Yeah, I, that's what I wrote. I couldn't figure out how to spell, uh, spell laid an egg, but um, that's exactly what happened in Dallas. Um, steamrolled. Um, this is why I asked McVeigh the the effect of a block punt and what it does to a football team. Uh, it's it, it failure. It's a failure that compounds the failure. Yeah, sending your punter out is failure. You're probably punting from bad field position. That's failure number two. Then you get the darn thing blocked. I mean almost impossible to come back from so yeah that, that was a big time just stinker in dallas um i wish i could be like you <laughs> and forget about it but i can't right now i just study grammar and yeah it takes my mind off of it yeah according to uh, learngrammar.net laid l-a-i-d is the standard pass indefinite and participle form of lay and laid l-a-y-e-d is its archaic version. So you're just kicking it old school. Either way, okay. Yeah, well, fine. either way, it was bad. It you're was ba- it was bad in Dallas, and um, it, it, you know, we were talking about this during the broadcast. Can this get any worse? And I'm like, yeah. If this, if number nine stops getting up, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I can get it, it can get worse. So yeah, I mean, just one of those things. But like you said, it's November. I guess we're starting the seat the season over. A la Jeff Fisher. I like it. <laughs> Let's do it. How about the latest on Matthew Stafford, which is. It seems like they've avoided the worst. It seems like with a high degree of confidence, Matthew Stafford is going to play again this season, may even play Sunday. And to me, that means this season is still game on. Now, we don't know if that sprained UCL, if he's going to be able to go in the cold at Lambeau Field. But I'll take this as opposed to the alternative. The way we flew home from Dallas, it felt like... Injured reserve was a distinct possibility, Man. and this team is not built to play beyond Matthew Stafford. No, 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 no. But I mean, look, uh, uh, Matt Stafford at full health, um, it's still a risky prospect, uh, winning and losing. Um, the, the the margin for error is not very big. Um, but a compromise Matthew Stafford going into Green Bay, that's almost scary. I'd rather almost go with the backup who's healthy. 
Well, it reminds me of going there with Jared Goff in yeah. the playoffs after the uh, the 20 season, right? Yeah, 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 it in does. In terms of, and John Wolford, who decided to stay with Tampa Bay this week, was signed to their active roster, injured in the playoff win at Seattle. Jared comes in, guides the Rams to the divisional round, but has to play with a busted thumb and played pretty well Yeah, uh, in uh, January in Green Bay. Answered a lot of questions about his toughness with that, yeah. So should we... We know what it's going to be if Matthew Stafford plays, right? Let's hope that's the case. But should we just kind of go down the pathway of what if it's not? Should we assume Brett Rippon for the moment and just talk about what construct that game takes and how the Rams can win it? Well, I, I have to tell you, this was at halftime in Dallas. And this was, I was trying to get this out during the game, but we started the second half. Uh, I was looking for Matthew Stafford, looking for the scrum. Every time he goes in and he's got an issue, there's going to be a trainer, a doctor, the head coach, the GM. They're all worried about their quarterback. So I couldn't find him in the locker room. This is all while the defense is getting their adjustments and the offense is getting together for theirs. So I'm looking, can't find him, and all of a sudden a pass zipped right by my head because I'm in a hallway. I turned around, it was him with the trainer throwing passes. And they kept asking him how you feel, and he said, I'll blanket, I'll just figure it out out there. And I'm like, wow, what a tough dude. He's going to come back and play with this thing. So uh, you hoped and that he could tough it out in Dallas. It wasn't the case. Um, but if he can't grip a ball, and when you've got that injury, if you can't grip the football and you can't throw it like you want to throw it, then you're actually a liability, especially with a guy like him, with a cannon like that, who thinks he can get the ball anywhere. So the last thing you want is to – let him try to rip the ball, and he can't, and it flutters, and you get picked in Green Bay. That's horrible. That's that's the worst way to lose a game in Part Green Bay. Part of me is surprised that he hasn't floated the possibility of playing this game left-handed, just as an alternative to giving Brett Rippon the start. But let's hear from his backup, who you might remember was with the Rams this summer, was released uh, with the Rams expecting to keep Stetson Bennett as their backup. Unfortunately, things did not go the way the Rams had hoped with Bennett. He's not with the team currently. So back comes Rippon, and he got into last week's game for his first action in horns. But DeMarco, I know that you know that the possibility of going through a game plan and taking reps with the ones shapes your week and your outcomes and your possibilities as a quarterback in this league completely different. I'm not sure I fully appreciate, I'm guessing our audience doesn't either, how little work a backup quarterback gets at an NFL facility in season. Right? He gets none, yeah. Mental reps. You are standing behind the play and watching the guy do it. You're listening. You're absolutely listening in the meetings. You can and you can have some input, but for the most part, that coach or the head coach or the play caller is talking to one guy. And your responses have have to mirror what the starter is saying, but you're, you don't get to say it. You know what I mean? So you're taking notes. Uh, you're kind of the forgotten guy. Even at practice, uh, the reps you get are because the starter doesn't want to take them or – let him rest. You take these two, and it's base plays. So you don't get a lot of prep. Uh, there's not a lot of confidence built in you as the backup. So when you take the field, it is weird. It's weird for everyone else in the stadium and the guys in the huddle. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Are you a big Broadway guy? I know a lot about you, but are you like okay. big on Broadway? Okay, full disclosure. Okay, I was for a hot minute. Okay. Okay, those theaters are really old, and they're not built for guys my size. <laughs> so I, Les Miserables, oh my God, it was all of that trying to get through that play. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the scene, but I wonder like, if you're Lin-Manuel Miranda's understudy, backup yeah. in Hamilton, like, how many reps per week in rehearsal do you get? 
uh with the ones <laughs> none <laughs> I, I wonder what the comp is <laughs> none because uh, anyways it, we yeah. can make the case that hey this is a world apart for someone like brett rippon like now sean mcveigh is in your ear now you're behind coleman shelton now you're throwing to cooper cup now you're throwing to tyler higby and puka nakua in a way that you would not normally except to hear him say it and we will right here just another week at the park. It is because and I've been thinking about Rip this whole week, and he's a tough kid. I don't think he missed a start at Boise. Um, and that's a league where you get hit as a quarterback. So he's a tough kid, and he's got the pedigree. Quarterbacking is in his blood. His uncle was Mark Rippon. Didn't his sister play in the LFL as a quarterback too? I didn't know that. I think so. Good so research by you. Quarterbacking is in his blood. So, I mean – you had to know coming here you're going to back up Matthew Stafford so he's going to be the best backup possible but he's also getting ready for the opportunity to play so mentally I I don't worry about him Um, what you worry about is how much of the playbook do you actually know and what can you call with with him Uh, we all hope that the swelling in the thumb of Matthew Stafford is reduced enough that he can play on Sunday but if not in the meantime Rippon's the one stepping into the huddle and stepping to the podium to say this it's not as difficult as you would think. I mean, I think it's, again, you're, I'm trying to do this as much as I possibly can, you know, every single day. And I'm, I'm, Zach's back there with me and acting like he's in the huddle and I'm calling the play to him, you know, and that's just kind of how I've done things since I've been in the NFL. So, um, it's just, it's just the emotions of it all, you know, getting into the huddle, actually feeling a live pass rush. Um, you know, it feels good to get hit, to be honest with you. Like the first, couple hits you take, I think kind of gets you back into the rhythm of, you know, kind of feeling the pocket a little bit better and knowing, you know, when guys are getting really close to you versus when they're maybe not that close and you might get rid of it a little too quick. Rams quarterback Brett Rippon potentially in line for his first start with LA in week nine as the Rams go to face the Green Bay Packers who are on the struggle bus and we will talk more about them coming up here on Rams All Access. But DeMarco, where I think we should go next is who else for the Rams? If it's not Stafford, if it's Rippon instead, then this needs to be their most complete effort. For the first time this season, special teams has to do more than just have a clean game. They have to have an impactful game. For the first time this season... You got smashed last week. The defense yeah. might need to score. Like, it's the midway point. How about a non-offensive score? That'd be nice. Or even, I'll just take a takeaway. Yeah. Uh, it, it, pie in the sky, absolutely. Pick one off, take it for a touchdown. But I'll just take the takeaway. And then the running game has to get on track. It has yeah. to be committed. It has to be efficient. And we can take a deep dive in our next segment into the two running backs who have come in and I think have done a nice job replacing Kyron Williams the last couple of weeks. To my eye, Daryl Henderson looks like a starter in this league still. And Freeman's a perfectly solid counterpunch. So the rushing game is not why the Rams don't have a chance to win this weekend. I was going to ask you, man. This is fun. Stack your running back depth chart now. Add Daryl in training camp. I'm not camp. playing that game. Add Daryl in training nope. camp and tell, tell me where you come because out. Because you're hinting at like what might it look like when he comes back, and I'm at the stage of the game where it's like whatever roster goes to Green Bay is the one I'm focused on. I heard and that. And they all deserve the bye week, and then we'll figure it out based on who's available, who's dressed coming back. That's Notre Dame bias right there. I'm smelling Notre Dame bias. No, it's just it's, it's look. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I'll say this yeah. right now. Yeah. The, tr- the trade deadline has come and gone, and we'll get Sean McVay's thoughts on the roster that he still has to start our next segment. But when you look at the schedule the Rams have played, collectively nine games above 500, I believe it mm-hmm. is, and you look at the remaining schedule, including these Packers, collectively five games below 500, 
you can't go down a schedule. I know this. I, I'm old enough now to realize you can't go down a schedule and go win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. You have to take it week by week. But yeah. I think nine gets into the playoffs in the NFC, and I see a path to nine victories still for this Los Angeles oh, Rams no team doubt. so yeah. long as number nine is playing at quarterback. Maybe not this week, but so long as you're giving me another seven, eight games of Matthew Stafford, when I see the Packers play, I hear Chuck Knox, my first head coach in the league, and he would always, not always, he would say this about certain teams. We can beat these people now. We can beat these people. The Packers fit that bill. Now I know what he means. So God rest his soul, Coach Knox. All right. Sean McVay on the trade deadline past and what's left of his Los Angeles Rams here in 2023. When we continue on a week nine edition of Rams All Access, he's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long, and this is 710 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know, I feel really good about a lot of the things that, that are going on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it always is about, okay, if there's an interest and then, you know, is there somebody that we're interested in or vice versa? So, you know, it takes two parties, um, to be involved in things like that. But, you know, the nature of some of the situations with us in general that you're familiar with limited in terms of, all right, going out and actually, you know, bringing people in, um, and, you know, feel good about this. I, I feel good about, you know, a lot of the things that I think we're capable of doing, Obviously, we're not pleased with where we're at through eight games, but I can see through and I see a lot of light in regards to some of the things that, you know, you're not just saying it's a false hope. You're, you know, you can see tangible evidence on the film that's reflective of, I know we can be better in some of these areas. And I know I've said that to you guys before, but um, that's where, you know, you feel really excited about it. this opportunity this week, get the bye, and then you come back for the last eight games and, and see what we can do with it where um, there's a lot of football left to be played. Indeed, a lot of football to be played. This is week nine, the final game for the Rams before they're by. They're off to Lambeau Field. It's been a minute since yeah. they won on the frozen tundra. Thankfully, in the first weekend of November, DeMarco, it won't be frozen this time around. Thank God. JB, you ever got fired at 1 a.m.? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking about the Raiders. Oh, no. 1 a.m. My God. They fired the guy at 1 o'clock in the morning. That was Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, yeah. by the way, you just heard. Not that. him. talking about Josh McDaniels. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, and yeah. The, uh, Raiders blowing out the top of their organization after an embarrassing loss in Detroit where Jimmy Garoppolo did not look Jimmy like garoppolo yeah. a starting caliber quarterback in So when I think how bad or how bad it looks coming off Dallas, it could always get worse. That's about as bad as it's going to get, what's going on in Las Vegas. You know what's crazy is yeah. when the Raiders were here this summer for some joint practices, I'm not saying they were going to take down the Chiefs for the AFC West, but they look like a factor to me. They look much improved. Just goes to show, like, August lies. Don't listen to August. No, no, no. Uh, but it's funny when you when you start hearing rumors about team only meetings. Those things never end well. But I never thought a guy would get fired mid season again. 
at 1 a.m. That was crazy. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. And a lot of money to a lot of coaches there in Las Vegas. Great job if you can get it. Yeah. As for these Los Angeles Rams, standing pat at the trade deadline, neither buyers nor sellers. What was your reaction from afar as Tuesday's deadline came and went? Okay, only one hurt um, because he went to a division rival, what was Chase that Young. All about? I have no idea. Um, but if he was available and he was willing to come west, and look, there's another guy here by the name of Aaron Donald that could use help. Um, so if that guy was available to be had, then you would think the Rams would be in on that. So Isn't I was kind of like surprised a, he went there. Yeah. Isn't there a group text thread or something like all the NFL front offices like, hey, Washington here, we're about to send Chase Young to San Francisco to play with Bosa for a third-round comp pick. Anyone want to do better than that? Right. And the other 30 team just, like, give the thumbs down Crazy. emoji? I think something happened last night. All the phones got disconnected, except for two. Um, uh. I don't know. I don't know. But that's the only one that kind of, you know, shook me a little bit. Like, dang, if he's available... There was help, and you know you could use some help. That would help you win games right now, and it just didn't happen. Well, it goes to show, though, that this playoff bubble in the NFC is so soft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the top five or six are pretty solid. We're talking about largely that seven spot, which is currently occupied by the Minnesota Vikings. They trade for Josh Dobbs to potentially replace Kirk Cousins, so they're not done-done, but it sure felt like the Vikings' chances dimmed a bit with that Kirk Cousins' Achilles injury. But who else? Who else besides the Rams are going to go get that thing? That's why I, I still know. feel like yeah. this season is on and why Sean McVay still insists that he sees a lot of good in what's here and why they weren't sellers at the trade deadline is because as long as you have 9, 10, and 99, can't you beat anyone anywhere? I you, Well, depending on if you play well. Um, and it can snowball on you. I think some of that's starting to wear thin a little bit. Um, you know, you go back to Cincinnati. Okay, you should have had that one. And then Pittsburgh is a killer. That's the one you 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 snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. Okay, let's bounce back. And then you get steamrolled in Dallas. Um, so some of that stuff is starting to lose steam. Those three guys being the the catalyst for victory. You have to play well around them too. Uh, it, some of the your, your less heralded guys have to start making plays. And here's the funny thing is, at my playing career and doing this job, you could recognize s- symptoms of fissures to games. The game just turned here, or the season just turned here, or the era is turning here. You know what I mean? So you start to see things and look around, and some of these things that like you used to count on are becoming question marks. And not only question marks, you're starting to doubt certain things. So going to Green Bay this weekend, ultra important that everyone plays their best game just to be in it versus Green Bay down there. You said a lot of things that really caught my attention there. And I'm with you. Like one of Sean's favorite expressions is I see better than I hear, right? Mm-hmm. And it's getting to that point in time as the calendar changes where, look, we've been drinking the Kool-Aid. We believe it too. We see moments in time where it's like, okay, there aren't seven teams better than the Rams in the NFC. And yet, your record is also what you play It by. is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. You are what your record says you are. And until the Rams can put together one of those complete performances, the preponderance of the evidence now says, okay, maybe we're the ones in the wrong. Not everyone who's saying the Rams aren't cut for it. Correct. I mean, and, and it's, it's, it's about how you play. And, you know, at quarterback. So Matthew Stafford, before the injury, or maybe he was already hurt, but the pick six... Wow. I mean, 
I'm still trying to figure that one there out. There has been a yeah. perplexing disconnect between him and Cooper Cup since Cup came back. And maybe we were naive to think there's so much water under the bridge between those two that they would just fall right back into lockstep. Or maybe their first performance together fooled us into thinking that they were just going to go right back into their song and dance. Yeah. But it hasn't been that way. It hasn't looked completely right, even though there have been glimmers. Yeah, and he, it's not like he's been getting rushed, you know, like been getting slaughtered out there. No, it's where you were just afraid like, for his I safety. thought you were going left and you went right. Right. The next thing you know, we're down three scores. And so there's that. And then this is, uh, let me give some love to Rippon, even though he missed some of those routes he missed to cup. Uh, one where Higby's got to help him out. You've got to catch that one at the end of the game. You know what I mean? A slide and catch. I expect you to make that one. Um, that's another guy like, wow, come on, man. Really? Yeah. These drops are starting There's to become weird. There's an element weird. of, hey, you yeah. got to go make some plays here. Absolutely. But Rippon made the right read. He was just off. His sights are off. So hopefully with, with, a, with a week of practice, those will be dialed in. Saw this with Warner and Bulger. And I said this a long time ago. It's not that Mark Bulger is a better quarterback than Kurt Warner. No way. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. It's just that Mark is healthier right now. And the offense can function better with a healthier quarterback. So that's why I'm saying, let me go see what Rip can do. If if Stafford is banged up and he can't, he's not 100. percent Then I'd rather go with the backup who's 100. I hear you on that. There are teams winning around this league every week, every season with non-starting quarterbacks. Right. And so I think it's one thing to say, are the Rams going anywhere meaningful this season without Matthew Stafford at the switch? Probably not. Right. Can the Rams win this week against the Packers who are hurting? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With, with, with Rippon. In fact, let's let's get into the state of the Packers a little bit. Uh, we'll do more in our next segment and four down territory. Mm. But he's DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. And we're previewing yet another trip to Green Bay where the Rams have not won since 2006. They've lost five straight against the Cheeseheads in Wisconsin, including the playoffs. But these are not the Aaron Rodgers Packers. These are the Jordan Love Packers, and I'm not putting it all on his shoulders. But they're coming off a 24-10 loss to the Vikings, their fourth consecutive. DeMarco, the Packers have failed to score a touchdown in the first half now in five consecutive games. Let me say that again. They don't have a first-half touchdown in their last five games. They've scored nine points combined in those five See, first halves. Chuck Knox, we can beat these people now. That's I, what I he hear, meant. I yeah. hear it again. <laughs> and while they're not punting on this season per se, they did send Rasul Douglas, their best corner, to Buffalo this week. Douglas, who has a pick six against Stafford head-to-head between the Rams and the Packers. So I'll be real curious what type of effort the Packers bring to the yard this week, right? Bo- both no directions. Doubt. Both the Rams and the Packers. This is a savior season Sunday. Name their pro bowler. If you had to pick one, right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's kind of pedestrian out there. So this is a football team that you can beat. There's some talent. They've got some talent on defense. They I was really do. say maybe it's a pass rusher. Kenny and- Clark. I, I Look, he's one of my favorites. I think he is about as well-rounded as uh, an interior defensive lineman can be. He's good against the run. He's got some wiggle in the, in the pass. He can get there. Uh, Preston Smith is a guy that will give you problems. Uh, so defensively, they've got some pieces. Now, they haven't played well together. If you want to put that on Joe Barry, so be it. That's yeah, his job. I think their yeah. defense has been good enough to win a lot of these recent games. you got to realize, kind of like the, the Rams are at times, that their offense isn't helping them and vice versa. They're not playing the complementary football, right? Yeah. When they have a chance to go get an interception and flip a game, 
they drop it. Right. When they do get a takeaway, and they've been few and far between for the Packers and the Rams, the offense doesn't turn that into an immediate seven. Yeah, that that snake seems to have bitten them as well. Right. So, I mean, look, they, they've got some pieces. Offensive line, not bad, not horrible. I like them from guard to guard. I think it's Big Ten, Big Ten, SEC. Uh, and, they're, and they're all high around uh, Runyon. One of them's a Runyon. I know that. That's bloodline. <laughs> oh, my God, that's scary. So, And they've got a two-time Pro Bowler. I think he's got 58 sacks um, on on one guard so guard to guard they're pretty good tackles they're kind of struggling they're kind of young there so there's advantages uh to to rushing the passer versus them if you're edge rushers if michael hoyt and byron young want to keep playing like they played in the first half you'll kill these guys so be it these tackles aren't as good as what you just saw but if you get in a situation to where your offense has gone stagnant and they can run the football behind dylan with these guards they can shove you down the field and give you problems all day speaking of byron young Got to know him a little bit this week. What an awesome kid. Yeah. Just an unbelievable story. Non-qualifier at a high school, couple years away from the sport while he started his life. Started as a wage earner and went to community college. Walked on at Georgia Military. Next thing you know, he's starring in the SEC and drafted in the third round for the Los Angeles Rams. I think he's got a future here. I I know you do too. I do too. I I, I see him walking around and I kind of project out. I wonder what you're going to look like year seven. I wonder what you're going to be and how you're going to like because he's learning and I see him when he when they do the national anthem he's standing right by Aaron Donald he's taking it all in uh, he's learning how to be a pro uh, so I wonder what it's going to be like when he is the guy when he becomes the Aaron Donald of the football team so there's a lot there for him oh my God there's a lot of potential there but you know what they say about potential it's a French word for haven't done much yet you know what i mean but we're getting there we're getting there, <laughs> we're getting there. yeah <laughs> uh, one more thing i'd like to throw into this cocktail this uh, long island iced tea of our second segment here and that is the november struggles of the los angeles rams lately their last november win do you know where i'm going with this no monday night football at tampa bay 2020 week 11 the pandemic year wow that was the last win in november with jared goff cam and van were rookies Matt Gay had a big field goal, I think, going into the half. I mean, Michael Brockers, Kenny Young, Morgan Fox, Micah Kaiser were still on that team. That's how long it's been since the Rams won a November wow. game. Wait a minute. What about the Super Bowl year? No win November. No win November. Turned into undefeated December. Oh, that's right. Uh, the running back, what's his name, took over. They went 12 and started pounding the football. With Sony Michelle? With Sony Michelle. Yes. Wasn't that December? To get us out of November. I, I didn't know it was that long. Wow, what happened in November? What's going on around here? I don't know, but I'm hoping that the side of Lambeau Field in the sunlight and uh, without temperature sub-freezing, maybe they can spin it around and finally what is the weather going to be? The hump. What's, what's the prediction? I saw a high of 50-something. Oh, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Okay. Uh, there was some precipitation scheduled early in the week, but since you asked, I might as well get the latest. Yeah, so Jared did have it rougher than, than Stafford's going to have it because Jared had the thumb and it was cold. Cloudy, high of 52, low of 36. Oh, Sunday's forecast in Lambeau, and the rain has been pushed back to Monday. That's bikini weather. In Lambeau, yeah. Bring out the shorts. Let's go. Thank goodness we do radio. <laughs> Four Down Territory is next. Rob Domoski covers the Packers, and he will step into the circle after this. 710 ESPN. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Rams All Access, a week nine edition with the Los Angeles Rams heading back to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers final game before their bye. I'm JB Long, DeMarco Farr will be back momentarily, but it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Rob Domoski has been with us before. Happy to have him back on the program. He is ESPN's NFL Nation Packers reporter. Rob, got four Packers questions for you today. Let's start with the quarterback position and the love experiment. It started so well, it seems to have come off the rails a little bit. What context can you give us to the Jordan Love era to this point? Yeah, the idea, JB, was for them to uh, build this together with young players. And, and while in theory... You know, that sounded great. The lack of experience really has, has shown up with this team. They're the only team in the league that doesn't have a catch by a receiver who's uh, in his third or more NFL seasons. That's because they don't have a receiver that's had uh, three or more seasons. Their, their receivers are rookies and second-year guys, and I think that's caught up with them a little bit in terms of trying to figure out how to adjust to things that defenses are doing to them. And, um, you know, while early on it looked like they were going to be okay, uh, it really has changed a lot, especially in the first halves of games. They just can't get started very well. All right, so you lead us to our second question, which is the sluggish starts. Like, it's a young team. It's tough to play from that trail position. So, Rob, what is it about the way the Packers have, or maybe better said, have not started? Why are they so deficient offensively early in games? It's everything that you can imagine a bad offense doing. It's penalties, it's missed blocks, it's drop balls, it's routes run incorrectly. It's, it's all the things that bad offenses do, and, and they sort of snowball. Uh, and, you know, they, they've tried so many different things. First, um, early on in the struggles, it was we've got to run the ball more. Then it was we've just got to get more completions, get some rhythm offensively. Then it was, well, we've got to hit some – deep shots down the field to, to soften up the defenses. And, you know, quite frankly, none of it has worked to this point. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it's really frustrating for the coaches to try to put together a game plan when you're not sure what you're good at. And it's hard for the players to have confidence in a game plan when you haven't had any success with it. He's Rob Domoski, ESPN's NFL Nation Packers reporter. I'm J.B. Long, and this is Four Down Territory on Rams All Access, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Two questions down, two to go. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball, Robin, and help me reconcile the things that I'm hearing coming out of Green Bay this week. It seems like the group was largely stunned by the trade of Rasul Douglas this week to Buffalo, but in the same breath, I'm reading like Jair Alexander saying, we got 10 games left and we're going to win out. Is that just bluster? Like, Where are the Packers in terms of their belief that this 
season can still become something. Yeah, it's 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 a hard dynamic, um, especially when the defense has played decent lately. Not not great, but well enough to win in most of the last three or four games. I mean, Matt LaFleur has said it a couple times this season when they've held teams under 20, that should be enough for them to win. And it, it, it's hard to, to, to say that they're a better defense right now trading Rasul Douglas away because they aren't. Uh, Rasul was one of the, the uh, vocal leaders in the locker room, um, certainly outspoken in the media. Uh, and, you know, I, I think those guys in the secondary are just a little stunned. As far as what Jair said, um, you know, he, he's kind of a little bit of a different dude. He, he kind of, um, you know, and when he said it, I don't know that he even he believed it, if that makes sense. Like, he's, it's, this wasn't Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, I think we can run the table, uh, you know, one of those prediction kind of things. But what else is Jair supposed to say at this point when they're 2-5 and five and have 10 games to go? Right. Okay, final question, and that is, like, what is Green Bay's path to victory this week in your estimation? We don't know what Matthew Stafford's status will be. It sounds like it's going to come down all the way until Sunday's pregame. But is there a method to the Packers getting back on track and making a run a lot like what we witnessed in person at the end of last year when they were a Week 18 victory away from getting in? Yeah, JB, the, the, the point about last year is, is a perfect one because what happened last year was they had one guy get hot, and that was Christian Watson. Um, he, he was one of the better receivers in the second half of the season. Um, it hasn't carried over to this year. Uh, they don't have one guy that has sort of been able to like take over a game. And, you know, maybe it's Watson and he just hasn't found it yet. Maybe it's Romeo Dobbs who, you know, we thought was going to have this really good connection with Jordan Love. Maybe it's Aaron Jones if he can finally get healthy. That, that's one big thing is that, you know, Aaron Jones has, has basically been either out or on a limited uh, snap count most of the season because of a hamstring injury. They just need one person, one player to sort of just start to make big plays. And I think it will change their whole dynamic on offense because it will change the way defenses have to cover them. Uh, but, but right now, it's just hard to identify who that player is, but they've got to find one person that can sort of just sort of start to take over and make big plays. Yeah, Rob Demosky from ESPN makes an interesting point, and I know you get all the same data that I do, which is to say that Green Bay's been a different offense with Aaron Jones on the field, right? I think it's 5.8 yards per play when he's right, 4.6 yards per play without Jones struggling with that hamstring injury. But coming off a season high in snaps played in Week 8, the Rams should expect the best from the Pro Bowl running back of the Packers. Rob, thank you for carving out some time here for us on this busy week, and we look forward to being back at Lambeau, even though it has not gone the Rams' way in several trips. No problem. Thanks, JB. All right, there he goes. Rob Domoski, ESPN's NFL Nation Packers reporter, coming back with the final segment alongside DeMarco Farr on this Week 9 edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN. Final segment of Rams All Access before we head to Lambeau Field. A trip to Green Bay, another road trip before the bye, and the Rams can't wait for that bye. Sure would be nice to enjoy it on a winning note. They're at 3-5. and five. The Packers are at 2-5, and five, having already taken their idle week. What a difference four and five would be compared to three and six, DeMarco. Yeah, make you feel a little bit better. You're still below 500, but I mean, there's hope going into the bye week. I mean, the last thing you want is the opposite. <clears throat> bye weeks are supposed to be your time to get away from football, get back to family. It's November, uh, so you're you're thinking about Thanksgiving. You know your your folks or whatever, whatever your plans are. Uh, but the last thing you want to do is just take the specter of a loss into a bye week. It'll just ruin everything. 
So really, I mean, this is big for the Rams to go down there and regroup after what happened in Dallas, but just to feel good about yourselves leaving Green Bay going into the week off. So let me attack it directly in terms of this soft NFC playoff bubble and why I think the Rams are still playing for something. I'm not really looking at the top. Philadelphia, good for you. Detroit, have at it. Seattle, the three seed currently five and two. I don't know if they're going to be able to hold off San Francisco. I think the Niners are going to stabilize and go on another run. They're missing a lot of key pieces right now, especially offensively. Atlanta or someone is going to win the South, right? So I don't, I'm not saying the Rams are playing for a division anymore, at least not, not until proven otherwise. But a wild card spot, absolutely. Dallas is a very solid five. Either Dallas or Philadelphia, I think, complete your top five. Then you get into San Francisco as the six. Let's leave it there, and let's focus on the seven spot. Are you telling me that without Kirk Cousins, the Rams can't be better than Minnesota from this point forward? The Vikings are four and four. Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Are you I, telling me that you're taking the Vikings without Kirk Cousins over a healthy Matthew Stafford or a healing Matthew see, Stafford and the Rams the rest of the way? I feel like I'm on between the ferns. That's the tough question for me to answer okay, based just, on they just gave up 43 points to Dallas. So I'm not sure who this team is right now. Fair. While the Vikings did beat San Francisco, fair. I'll grant you that, but yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not willing to go there. Okay. I'm not right. willing to go there. Fair enough. New Orleans is next on the list, also at 4-4. Four and four. And then Tampa Bay at three and four. That's all that's left between the Rams and that seven spot. Wow. Minnesota, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Okay. Now behind them, behind them is Washington, but I think the commanders have given up. Yep. And behind them is Green Bay. And this is all contingent on beating Green Bay this week. Here we go again. Okay. Yep. So you basically lop it off as you got the top 10 and you got to beat out three teams the rest of the way. That's the way that I'm looking at this. If that was the schedule with a healthy Matthew Stafford, I'd feel pretty good about every single matchup. And that's the issue right now is you don't have a healthy Matthew Stafford and we don't know how long he's going to be out. And I mean, here's the thing. If he tries to tough it out and goes out there versus Green Bay and hurts it permanently. Now we've got some serious issues to finish up. So let me let me just cut to the chase, because I feel like you're sensing or feeling or suggesting something that I kind of believe too. best case scenario. See against the Seahawks, Matthew. I like that. Heal up. Yeah. Or said another way. Hey, nine. Let us go prove to you and to everyone that we can beat the Packers under any circumstances. And if we can't, then we didn't deserve, we didn't deserve you out there with a bum thumb anyway. I 100% agree. I do. Um, so give him two weeks for the price of one. Give him two weeks. You should be able to beat a team like this without him. I guess that that's a harsh way of saying it, but you should. You should be able to go out there with Brett Rippon and still beat this football team. Green Bay, they don't have a ton of world beaters. They are struggling on both sides of the football. They can't figure it out on defense, blame it on whoever, and on offense, like you said, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And and that's where, not to put down Jordan Love, because like he's learning on the job. Very athletic, yeah. But he's this is not Dak Prescott in the Cowboys. Like Jordan is struggling right now. He's last in the NFL in completion percentage. He's been picked in five straight games. League high, eight interceptions since the start of week three. So this is one where it's like, hey, Matthew, you've carried us to certain junctures throughout your Rams tenure. Let us get your back here. Let us prove to you that we can go win this game, that we can get you into the bye and coming back against Seattle with something to really play for. I, look, uh, we, we've been saying since he got here, definitely this year, it's all about number nine. Well, we're going to find out if he can't go. Then go out and get one for him. 
Go out and get one for him. Get some momentum started for so when he comes back, you can absolutely rev up the engines and try to chase these teams down. Okay, now that I'm on record saying all that, yeah. on Rams All Access, I really want him to play. You do? I think he can get after this Packers secondary. If he can grip a football, if he can rip it, man, it would be such an emotional lift to see him dressed and playing. I think it would just be a jolt of confidence, and it would give the Rams such a better chance to go into the bye where he can heal while the team is. I remember this versus New Orleans, and I was so happy when he came out of the locker room, and then I was so scared on every drop back. Yeah. So you just sparked something for me. I also think there's a world where he can play, and the Rams don't have to expose him to further danger. Running the football. Right? Yeah. Just the specter of him being back there, I think you'll get lighter boxes. I think you'll get better looks across the line of scrimmage. Then if Rippin's there. If Rippin's there and you're Joe Barry, what are you doing? Sending the house. Dude, you're going to you're gonna have to throw it over our heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, of course, but you're going to have to talk him out of that. Either way, whatever quarterback lines up, running the football is going to be ultra important for the Rams to win this football game. Okay, let me run down some games okay. that matter here in the playoff picture. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and I am not going to forget about our playoff eliminator contest because... <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I mean... <laughs> I might just pass the rest of the way. See you in January. I'm going to start picking I out about my calling in sick. victory menu. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start with the Seahawks, okay? All right. Seahawks in the division, 5-2, and two, playing well, but they go to Baltimore this week. What do you think? Uh, looks like Lamar has found his stride. They might be back to his MVP form. Yeah, yeah. You might be in trouble there, Seattle. Yeah. Okay, so go Ravens. Seattle right now the three seed leading the West, and they too made a trade. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that they feel like this is theirs for the taking. They got better on their defensive front. Uh, let's go next to the Vikings. The Vikings are 4-4, four and four and they're taking on the four seed, the Atlanta Falcons, in Atlanta this week. I, I've kind of flipped. Like, it used to be, hey, Tampa Bay run away with the South. Now I think Atlanta, go get it. Like, Atlanta beating the Minnesota Vikings would be good. Yeah, for the Los Angeles Rams, helter skelter. I I I can't make heads or tails of the Falcons. Or look, Minnesota. I think it's kind of even right now, not without Kirk Cousins. So best team on game day. We'll see. Uh, and then one other one that I've got my eye on: uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only with three wins, but still in front of the Rams in the playoff standings. They go to face the Houston Texans. This would be a great week for the Texans to put their best foot forward and help the Rams out by the AFC beating the NFC. Okay, so you've got Brett Rippon starting for you and Baker Mayfield's on the other side. Who has the edge? Say it one more time. You've got Brett Rippon on your side. Mm -hmm. They've got Baker Mayfield. Who's got the edge? So that's kind of what gives me confidence in, in Rippon getting a week of preparation. Like, I don't think he's deficient relative to baker mayfield yeah. like i think i say mayfield by a nose okay that's it yeah and we saw what sean mcveigh could do with an offensive line off the street right no talent not no talent not your starters on on the perimeter on the skill position and baker mayfield at the controls they still look like a contender they look pretty last good season yeah they look pretty good. Two sleeps, and he got, got a win. Yeah, absolutely. So, Thank you, Adam. And <laughs> that's where I feel like even without Stafford, there's a there's an inspired path to victory this week against the Packers. One of the one uh, before we get to playoff eliminator that would be the New Orleans Saints game uh, this week. They are home to the Bears, so the Saints have a very good chance to get to five and four. All that to say, Minnesota, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, those are the teams to watch in front of the Rams 
this week. Make sense? No, definitely. Who's starting for the Bears? Is it going to be the kid or I the other kid? So, oh, okay. All I, right. I haven't checked. Uh, Bears starting QB. I think I'm still taking week. New Orleans, no matter what. Let yeah. Me double check. Phenomenal. Still Bajan. Yep. Yep. Okay. There you go. Field still week to week. Okay. To the latest headlines. Um, hey, DeMarco. <laughs> what were you doing last week in our playoff eliminator contest? I, well, I, I I picked the Dallas Cowboys. I did. Um, I think I was wrong. You're trying to will that into fruition or just look a block punt, a pick six, and you allowed the best version of Dak Prescott to 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 present itself. Okay, it was it was a cavalcade of mistakes, uh, starting with me on the show last Thursday. Let's yes. bring our audience up to speed. This playoff eliminator game is now in year three. So DeMarco knows the rules. He knows the strategy. But we draft teams throughout the year that we think are not going to make the playoffs. And the more of those teams that you accumulate, the better chance you have of winning. So far, I have Arizona, Denver, Carolina, the New York Giants, and last week I added Las Vegas. I feel really good about those five. DeMarco went with Houston, Chicago, New England, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Dallas. Had he not taken Dallas, <laughs> honestly, his, his standing was improving week after week, but he just decided to pull the pin and put another grenade in his pocket with the Dallas Cowboys. So now you're in trouble. You're in a world of hurt. Oh, boy. Well, there's always the, the, the specter of the Dallas collapse. There is. Never underestimate the Dallas collapse. So... And that's where I guess for the integrity yeah. of the game, I'll keep playing. But really what I should do is just say, let's table this segment you, and this game. You said it a segment ago when you said Dallas is a solid five. Yeah, I knew what you meant by that. A solid the, five. The game is over. Yeah. Uh, because they just like auctioned off their best pass rushers, I guess I'll just take Washington Okay. in a, in a grueling NFC East. But I mean, there's a lot of other teams I could have chosen. Uh, the Jets are, are looking resurgent. No, uh, wait a minute. Green Bay would be a decent in, venture this week. In years past, we, we did build in a mulligan, right, to this game. Ooh, I was kind of hoping you would forget that. No, no. I mean, it, well, it's up to you. It's up to you. There it's was a price you. for that mulligan, though, wasn't what there? What was the price on the mulligan? I don't know. I think you need to make me an offer. Oh, I can't my refuse. God. Like, if you want to eject Dallas, I think... There's no one that I really want to get rid of right now, but maybe I just hold that for okay. later. So, like, you're using your breakfast ball in the front nine. I get to keep mine for the back nine, something like that. I th See, I, I'm starting to like how that sounds. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do it now, or you want to think it over and come back next week? Let's see what happens after we come back from Green Bay. Because I'll, I'll tell you this, the, the Cowboys are playing the Eagles this week. Right. So, if, like, not only they lose, but something bad would happen, we don't wish that upon the Cowboys, but you might... Right, anything not, can not, happen. Not use that. Give me one more yet. week, but as long as you're amenable to a mulligan and you're open to it, that that would really be appreciated on this side over here. I'm just you saying. say amenable, I say amenable. Okay, laid, I, I laid, say, and L A I D and I say poinsettia. You say poinsettia. I, I say plant. plant. Give me a key to beating the Packers real quick before we finish. Man, look. Running the football is paramount, no matter who's at quarterback. Uh, that's got to be number one. And I like the way Royce Freeman has run the football. He has been physical. And Daryl Henderson, with his speed and quickness, I think can control this football game. So whichever quarterback, if you have the benefit of play-action passing, it will work against the Packers. So I'll say running the football. 
Packers defense, 27th in terms of efficiency against the pass, 24th against the rush. There are lots of ways to get after these Green Bay Packers, regardless of who is at quarterback. One more game before the bye. We're off to Lambeau Field. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday night. Have a great weekend ahead. Remember to take those Halloween decorations down. For Marco Farr, I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.